More important angles to cover on the latest edition of the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast and perhaps one of the angles you need to dominate to win your upcoming draft. Top overrated fantasy players that you might want to be avoiding or fading for your drafts. We're breaking it all down on today's episode. Let's get this money. You're Locked On Fantasy Hockey, your daily podcast on fantasy hockey. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You heard the music, and you know what time it is. It's time for your source for fantasy hockey news and degenerate gambling breakdowns, the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast. Big time Thursday edition as we draw anticipatingly near to the puck drop on the upcoming season. That means fantasy draft season is here. And that means Steele and I are getting real serious. Thank you for making us your first listen every single day. On today's episode, Steele and I are going to break down some of the top overrated, you know, in our opinion, Steele, top overrated fantasy pieces that people might be reaching on this year. And I think what I wanted to get off the chest first about this deal is, I think all the guys I'm going to talk about on today's show are still fantasy relevant, but I yes. think they're just getting a little bit too much love. And I don't love what I've seen from them in the past to sink too much fantasy stock into. That's how I'm looking at today's episode. And by the way, everybody, huge shout out to all of our listeners, supporters, watchers, and wherever you take us in on the daily basis, because I know I speak for Steel on this one. We see you and appreciate you. We slid into the top 15 in fantasy sports podcasts in Canada, up north, north of the border. So I just want to say a big love and salute to everyone who holds us down. And trust me when I say Steele and I are just getting warmed up. So if you've been feeling it, make sure you like, subscribe, tap into the podcast. We are here for you guys. Steele, now that I'm done bleeding my heart out and giving our supporters their flowers, which I think some of them do deserve wholeheartedly, this is one of those conversations that I think the guys you or gals, you look up in that GM standings, you look up in your fantasy league, they probably were able to pass on some of these players too early. Does that mean you don't want them on their team? Perhaps not, but why don't I turn it over to you? Who are you looking at for some of these fantasy pieces that might be going into this season at least getting a little bit too much love and might be a little bit overrated? Well, you made a great statement right off the top. These players that we're going to be talking about in this episode are still draftable. They're still fantasy relevant. Yep. But again, just too much love that we've been seeing from other GMs throughout mm -hmm. the last couple of seasons in the fantasy league. So again, still draftable, but sliding down the draft board in our opinion. Again, mm -hmm. it's up for debate, but this is our opinion on the Locked Thank On you. Fantasy Hockey Podcast. And as you can see right now on today's show... We've got Linus Allmark on there. I'm going to start with another Boston Bruin player, okay. and I'm going with Charlie McAvoy on the on the blue line for the Boston Bruins. Still mm. an absolute stud. He gets it done offensively. Mm -hmm. uh, four, 52 points last year, 56 the previous year of that. But for me, again, a, a big topic for today's episode is going to be the health, the healthiness of all these players, the health, mm. of, and if they're able to play more than yes. 70 games and. And, and Charlie McAvoy has just not been able to stay healthy throughout his NHL career. Fair. Six, the only one time he's played Fair. more than 70 games, and mm -hmm. that was two seasons ago. Other than that, it's always been below 67 games 
uh, in his NHL career in six years in the NHL. So that's the big reason why I have Charlie McAvoy. Again, still an absolute stud offensively. Had seven goals, 45 points, uh, 45 assists for 52 points last year, a plus 29. He's a Bangor League beauty. It seems like he had 55 penalty minutes. But it's really those peripheral stats that make Charlie McAvoy slide down the draft board, in my opinion. Only had 105 shots last year. He's never gotten more than 170. And as the top Mm. blue liner for the Boston Bruins, I expect him to be more productive in that statistic area. Uh, He needs more shots on that, especially with the power play, the PP one time. He gets second penalty kill time as well. Mm. Uh, The blocks were up 131, 84 hits, but... Because of those peripheral stats and how low they are compared to other top defensemen in the league, as mm. well as other defensemen in the league, you know, uh, acquire or producing more points throughout the year, his his fantasy value for me does slide down quite a bit just because of those because a lot of those uh, categorical leagues head to head, those peripheral stats really do matter. And I don't think a lot of people uh keep them near and dear to their heart like a lot of us do. Uh, And I'm one of those guys. I love the peripheral stats. I'm always looking at those peripheral Mm -hmm. stats when I'm drafting players. Mm -hmm. And that's why Charlie McAvoy is on the overrated list for me because, again, he's an absolute stud offensively. But I need to see more from him putting pucks on net. Uh, He's a small guy. He does hit a lot. But I need more physicality from him if he's going to be that top quarterback power play guy and the top blue line for the Boston Bruins. First of all, great point about some of us ignoring those peripheral categories and the values that they bring because I've been a victim of that in the past. And I go out there and I start drafting players that in my mind on the ice or just what I really like about their overall game. And I start stocking up on that. And maybe an overall points league steal, just straight up rotisserie style. I might be doing okay, but when it comes to head to head and it comes to categorical, you've got to make sure your team is balanced. And Charlie McAvoy, I think, might be on the list of Boston Bruins that overall slide this year because of what, and we've been wrong about this in the past, we're not going to (laughs) go down this sad path, but I think it's natural to expect a little decrease in value from a whole bunch of these Boston Bruins. And I wasn't going to talk about Linus Olmark right off the top steal, but why don't we talk about Linus Olmark? Because he fits right into this mold, because I think it's only fair and natural to expect. I know Patrice Bergeron was an absolute stud. I know he was the captain and the leader on and off the ice, but it's not just about Patrice Bergeron. It's about also David Krejci. It's about losing that balance up the middle. It's also about the pieces that they brought in. Kevin Shattenkirk, Milan Lucic, James Van Riemsdyk. There's a lot of slow foot speed going on in this situation in Boston. And I know we like Morgan Geeky, but he's another big lad who can't really skate as well as the rest. That leaves me concerned. And then when you look at Linus Ulmark, And I really do like the tandem still steal overall because I do like what Jeremy Swayman can bring to the plate. And Linus Allmark actually over the last two seasons has been pretty solid 66 win steal. And I know a 938 save percentage last year in the Vesna trophy can't be taken away from him. But I think the sample size and just how good it was makes me feel there's going to be a lot of GMs reaching for Linus Allmark That makes me think he's overrated. And I haven't seen, no one has ever seen him perform at this level. So then you factor in what's happening with the Bruins overall. And how about this? What we've said at length about the Atlantic division and the Metro division, that leaves me concerned about what the Bruins can do in the standings. And that means some of their major fantasy pieces that were absolute stars last year, aside from David Pasternak, will naturally regress. 
I will say this one thing about Linus Allmark, because I do think you're right. I think people are going to be reaching on him because of how successful he was last year. I think Jeremy Swayman's right there behind him as well, trying to take that crease from him. But the yep. one thing about Linus Allmark, he has been consistent throughout his NHL, NHL career. Only one season he has, uh, only one season he's been below a 905 save or been below a 906 save percentage. And that was back in the 2018, 2019 mm -hmm. season with the Buffalo mm -hmm. Sabres. Other than that, he's always been above a 913, most, most yep. consistently a 917, but last year at a 938 save percentage Crazy. with a 1.89 goals against average, a very, very well-structured and well-coached team, by the way, from Jim True. Montgomery. Um, so yeah, definitely uh, over over excelled, over exceeded last year with those statistics, and I don't think he's going to quite put those numbers up again. That's but Linus Allmark has been a, a very consistent goaltender in this mm. league so far. I will say this about some of those numbers, Steele, maybe a little bit glorified because he was playing a lot of garbage time on a, a Buffalo Sabers team that was well out of it at some of the points of his career where he was playing. Just a little caveat to throw out there because what you're saying is so on point. I guess at the end of the day for me, if I'm expecting Jeremy Swayman to push Linus Allmark for the crease, I'm expecting the rest of the Atlantic and, of course, the Metro already beasting, and I expect the Boston Bruins to take a regression, yeah. I got to pay attention where I want to take, whereas other years, a Vesna Trophy winner from the year before is probably going to go in the top five or six goalies, whereas for me, Linus Allmark isn't even in the top 10 this year. I'm fading him in the draft. I think he's overrated in terms of fantasy value. Maybe you're making a really nice point of maybe he's not overrated in terms of what he can actually bring on the ice. But we got to look at these situations. That's what matters. And what matters is we're going to come up with a couple of more of these overrated players that you want to be potentially fading or at least taking in the appropriate spot of your drafts. And we also got to be taking a look at our friends from Bird Dogs because today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Steele and I have been rocking the Bird Dogs on and off the course all summer long. The stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and the leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts do the exact things as Lululemon, but they fit way better. And... They can be taken from anywhere you need. You're going to the clubhouse. You're hitting the course. Maybe out for a few wobbly pops with the lads after. On the pub scene, Bird Dogs uses that anti-stink sweat, stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNHL. Enter promo code LockedOnNHL at checkout for a free Bird Dogs water bottle with your order. Stay hydrated, everybody. That's birddogs.com slash LockedOnNHL for a free water bottle at checkout. You don't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. And thank you so much for making the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast your first listen every single day. We are a part of the Locked On Podcast Network where you can find your favorite team from all four major sports leagues, including the NCAA, your team every single day. And Flip, it's quite funny that we've got players on this list from multiple teams on the same team. Mm. Uh, you had Linus Allmark. I had Charlie McAvoy. Yes. Uh, we've got Brandon Montour on this list, but yes. I also have someone from the Florida Panthers. It's another defenseman. Giddy and this up. one pains me to say. I knew I think you were you know, doing it. I think you know who I have yep. here is Aaron Ekblad. And you were absolutely right last yeah. year when I when I drafted him in the third round. Should not have drafted him that high. I Again, mm. uh, you know, after the Matthew Kachuk trade and, you know, the other talented forwards they have up front, uh, Barkoff, Sam Bennett, Sam Reinhardt, sure, Carter sure. Hagee now as well. Mm. I really expected him. Uh, to come back after you know a scary injury two seasons ago, right. as well as another scary injury last year or uh, last year as well. 
And then he just didn't really, he didn't produce offensively that I, what I expected him to do. His game has just been overall very inconsistent. When you look at this overall Mm -hmm. stacks and all the categories, just example last year, he was, he only missed 11 games, but he only had 38 points. He had 68 penalty minutes uh, and 216 shots, but the year prior to that, minus 14, but the year prior to that, he had, he only had 180 shots in 61 games and he had 57 points instead of 38 Mm -hmm. and his penalty minutes were also down to 26. So very inconsistent levels overall from Aaron. You don't get consistency that you would like to see again from a defenseman Mm -hmm. who went first overall, I believe what in 2012, 2013, it was, um, 2014 2014 first overall pick and mm-hmm. again just overall the last four years has not been able to stay healthy no consistency mm-hmm. with his overall game defensively and offensively I know he plays some high minutes uh tw- almost close to yeah, close to 23 and a half minutes of average mm-hmm. ice time last year but yep. again the the main topic or the main ideology that we're going to be talking about on today's episode is the health concern of a lot of these guys. That's Fair. why we believe that they're going to be overrated. And Aaron Eckblad fits right into that category. Definitely on your side of things. I have one player who injury is definitely a concern, and he's also a Florida Panther. And I'll segue into that in a quick second. I'll keep this Eckblad take short because we've talked about it. And I think it's clear yeah. that why we want to take him so high and actually steal as much as I was right about my prediction, I'm not going to toot my own horn on this one because I don't even fault you for taking a guy that the year before, as in heading into this draft that you did take him at in 61 games, he had 57 points. It was plus 38 and really brought it all around and was looking like he was maybe returning to that form that we expected him to have a couple of years previous uh, 41 points in 67 games. And a guy that, is kind of the prototypical defenseman when he's healthy, six foot four, 215 plus pounds, can play with grit, can lead, can bring in an offensive chip in the clutch. When I draw up defensemen in my head a couple of years ago in terms of who I want on the ice, Aaron Eckblad was most definitely right there at the top of the list. Yeah. But you mentioned it. Not many pieces. And in the fantasy side in the draft, can you really look at and go, I am worried about his injury status this guy is definitely up there as one that you have to be concerned about and let me slide right into Brandon Montour because I know you and I both loved what Brandon Montour did on the ice last year and also after Matthew Kachuk and Bobrovsky Brandon Montour was probably the most important and pivotal reason that that Florida Panthers team was able to go on the run that he they did because not only did he play with the offensive boost that they needed, he is a little bit of a tough customer. 93 block shots last year, 92 hits, 242 shots on net, but before that steal, a career high, and that was almost eight seasons previous of 181 shots. How about also a career high previous after 73 last year of 37 only the year before. And this is again, the angle we have to take and separate this. We're talking fantasy here. Overrated. I don't think Brandon Montour's quality on the ice is overrated at all because he's earned what he is getting right now. And I'm sure he'll get a nice little payday off of this past couple of seasons. If his contract is coming up, It's the fantasy side that I think he's overrated, Steele, and I'm not ready to take him. Also, he is banged up. 
This yeah. man has played a whole ton of minutes, and we know he's injured. So I just don't want any of our devote fantasy listeners out there to see all these amazing numbers, which they are, to see the postseason metrics, which were also amazing, and reach on Brandon Montour. He's banged up. I see regression from the Florida Panthers. I know you don't fully agree with me there, but hopefully you can agree with me here that this guy might just be a little overrated. I still find him valuable, but I'm taking him in the third or fourth quarter of my draft. I'm saying Nate ninth round or later steal. Well, he's sort of in that same category or same area as Josh Morrissey, the same sort of, uh, the same sort of philosophy, Bang. the same sort of track record in Bang. the NHL from start of his career to where he is now consistently was putting up 30 to 40 points uh mostly yeah 35 points consistently mm-hmm. over the you know first seven years of his career and now Josh Morrissey just blossomed last year had over 70 points same goes for Brandon Montour the shots were up the blocks mm-hmm. were up the hits were up yes do we believe that they're going to fall back down a little bit of course we do I think a yep. lot of people do think that as well they're still again fantasy assets and fantasy value here's the yep. question that I want to ask you though hit me who do you think goes Ahead of each, uh, ahead of them. Mm. Uh, do you think Aaron Ekblad gets drafted before Brandon Montour, or Brandon Montour goes ahead of Aaron Ekblad? I think it's going to probably still be Montour ahead of Ekblad in a lot really? of situations. Okay. I do because also let's remember this. So you're saying so, but you just said Brandon Montour is going to go in the ninth round. So you think Ekblad's going to fall down to like the tenth or eleventh? Actually, like you know that? what, Steele? Thank you for clarifying because he is a bigger name. Ekblad will be going ahead of Montour probably because of popularity. I just think my main concern with this, and thank you for asking a very good question, by the way, and put me on the hot seat is the health of Montour. Yeah. Because if we know he's a hundred percent healthy and he's coming into the season, cause I think we're also unsure about Ekblad's health. So both of these guys, I think we're banged up because of the name and because of his pedigree and what he's been able to do. I think Ekblad does go higher, but uh, yeah. because of opportunity and maybe minutes Montour might end up being more valuable this year. I just, it's hard for me as well to give you this prediction because, you know, I think the Florida (laughs) Panthers are going to regress. So I would just be wary with both of these defensemen. It is very hard. Uh, It is very hard because, yeah, like, and you're like, we we disagree. Thank you for keeping me on point, though. You're killing me. We we disagree on where the Florida Panthers are going to finish in the Atlantic division. And I'm not even going to debate with that because, yeah, we're not going. Yeah, I can't hate on that that, uh, opinion whatsoever. I will say, though, Brandon Montour has been more healthy than Aaron Ekblad throughout mm-hmm. his entire career. Uh, but you're right. They are both injured right now. They're both uh, resting up this summer, trying to get fully healthy and back I in so, top yeah. shape for the upcoming season. Um, but I think you're right. I, th- I I would also agree with you saying Aaron Ekblad does go before Brandon Montour. Mm-hmm. After taking him in the third round, I would expect Aaron Ekblad to fall at least to maybe the sixth or seventh, and then Brandon Montour right after him. Uh, yeah. probably in this in the late seventh or uh, mid sure. eighth round. That's where I would put those two guys. But again, some player, some GMs out there uh, might reach on those two guys. And if they reach and hopefully it turns out successful for them, like it didn't for me. But uh, again, we just want to get the awareness out there of who we believe are overrated. Yep. And we've got a few more players uh, that we want to talk about coming up in the last segment of this episode. But thank you so much for making the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast your first listen every single day. Continue to hit the subscribe, hit the follow button, leave a five-star review on your favorite podcast platform. Flip and I appreciate all that love and support. And again, 
If you want to be a part of our listener, uh, our fantasy hockey listener league, continue to DM us on Twitter with your email and full name so we can add you to the list. We've got over 40 participants so far. Nice. Again, it looks like it looks like the casual league is going to have a 16 team league and the competitive league will have a 14 team league just a little nice. just to make it a little bit more competitive. But again, if you want to be a part of it, Make sure you DM us so we can get you added to the list for the draw. Mm-hmm. And again, the cutoff date will be September 20th. Yes. And we are very excited for this upcoming season. Got yes. Getting two different leagues going, the casual and competitive. Super mm-hmm. excited about the league as well as the NHL season. Flip, with that being said, let's get into another player for the overrated fantasy mm-hmm. players for this upcoming season. And you're mm-hmm. absolutely going to hate this one. Uh-oh. It's Jake Ottinger of the Dallas Stars. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I just wanted to see your reaction right there. I oh, no, I just reaction. was ready for the explanation, <laughs> but much love and also, you know, chill with that. No, I'm kidding. Go uh, ahead. I wanted to see your reactions. To, no, he's 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 perfectly rated one of the best <laughs> top fantasy goalies in the league right oh, now. I'm actually good. going over. I'm going to go. I'm staying in the Eastern Conference right now. All my good. players are actually from the Eastern Conference. And you can see his name on the board if you're watching on YouTube right now. It's Patrick Laine of the yeah. Columbus Blue Jackets. I like this. And one. again, the, 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 the real reason for me, and that's my main point that I'm getting across here, are the injury concerns, the health concerns with all three of the players that I've talked about so far. And Patrick Laine falls right into that category. Has not been healthy for the last five years. He's he's gotten very fluky injuries, knee injury, elbow injury, uh, Mm. just very inconsistent wrist injury like the th- and the way that they happened as well like i i can vividly remember the games that it happened and i remember him just like crashing into the boards and getting hit one time and the elbow just like tweaked yeah. a little bit and he was gone yep. for three weeks yeah uh, he had an oblique injury i believe it was as well so only played 55 games last year 56 mm-hmm. the year mm-hmm. before that and 45 the year before that so very inconsistent the health concerns major for him He's not one of the best goal scorers in the league, as a lot of people think he is. Not like he was in the first three seasons of his NHL career, but he's only got, yeah, over the last four years, he's he hasn't cracked over 30 goals, and that's because he hasn't been healthy. Um, he's, you know, when he is, when he, when he, when he, when he's in the game, though, when he's playing, he's great. He had 52 yep. points in 55 games. He had 56 points in 56 games the year before that. The 100%. peripheral stats are debatable. He doesn't get blocks. He doesn't get hits. The shots are below 190 uh the power play points overall are not great only 16 power play points last year um again it's the inconsistency with his game and the injury concern for me that Patrick Lyon has to be on this list and you have to be aware of mm-hmm. that I, I know a lot of people probably are and they probably will agree um that he is he should be on this list um but again I just want to throw it out there that the injury concern and the health concerns are a major problem with this player What's interesting with what you're saying is I think you and I have mentioned a few times that we're intrigued with what's going on with the Columbus Blue Jackets. We are, yeah, of course. So that makes me like want to kind of just, you know, get burned so badly and still take (laughs) Patrick Laine because I think I reached very high for him last year in our listener league. Looking back, I think I took him maybe in the fifth or sixth round and he started off like a house of fire and then everything that you just said happened and – I guess what my thing is with line a you can't just call a player what he is without mentioning an ability to stay in the lineup because yes, he can be an elite scoring piece, his release, his shot when he's healthy, you know, those first couple of years 
Austin Matthews and Patrick Line, you like to have that conversation, even though I think you and I have both been on one side of that conversation yes, from the get-go. <laughs> and that's clearly been decided, and we don't need to even talk about that one. But you know what I'm saying? Patrick Line was there for a year or two right there with just as much potential, at least, with Austin Matthews. And I'm not going down that path at all, Steel. But what we have to mention is a lot of people did bang up on Austin Matthews for his ability to stay in the lineup. But now when you look at what Patrick Lane has been unable to do, you can't help but feel that maybe he is a little bit overrated in terms of, again, let's bring it back to the fantasy side. Because his offensive quality is obviously elite when he's able to stay in the lineup. But we don't really care about that unless it's getting us this fantasy money steal. And I'll leave my final at this because I had two honorable mentions. Martin Nakash wanted to go on this list for me, but he's young. Oh, wow. And I think he's still going to prove that he is good. So I didn't want to put him on the overrated list. It's just he's being touted very, very high. And that's making me nervous. But then I look at his age. He's just turned 24. I don't want to say he's overrated when he really hasn't even blossomed yet. But he was close. And the other one was Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Because for the most of his career, as a number one overall draft pick, topping out at 50, 55, 61, and wherever he was at, below 65 points for a number one guy who is now being pumped up there for a triple digit point producer. Yeah. I understand the position he's in, in the elite and historically good power play in Edmonton. So I, again, did not want to throw him on the overrated list. Cause I have a feeling he's going to be pretty close to 85, 90 points because the Edmonton Oilers, I can't contradict myself here. Steel. Yeah. I believe the Edmonton Oilers are in for a really good year. So Ryan Nugent Hopkins, in my opinion, might be slightly overvalued, but he's still going to be there. So that's why they didn't make the list. They're on the honorable mention, but Josh Morrissey at 76 points last year. And thank you for alluding to it. Let me hit you with this stat in a sec, too. Previous high, 37 <laughs> points. I understand he was fifth in Norris voting. I understand that he really was one of the best players on the Winnipeg Jets team last year. But let me hit you with this. They were the 20th best power play in the NHL last year, Steele. What if that gets worse this year? I'm just saying they were lucky to get that much out of Josh Morrissey because this is what I'll focus in on. His points on the power play, 26 power play assists. If that power play gets any worse, which I think maybe is probably a fair prediction given what we think might happen with the Winnipeg Jets. I know you're a little bit harsher on them than I am. I think Morrissey can't be reached on. I think the Jets still make some noise, but I'm worried about the overall effectiveness of the power play. And if they can't get it done in the power play, Morrissey's numbers definitely go down. I just say don't reach on a guy who previously topped out at 37 points. And that's what we were that's what you were talking about, Brandon Montour. I thought you were about to contradict yourself there with the Winnipeg. Oh, no, I had to hold it down. Yeah, had to hold, had to hold it, down it down a little bit. But that's what we were talking about with the Brandon Montour, or what you were alluding to with the Brandon Montour take. And uh exactly when you look at their statistics in their NHL career side by side, I know Brandon Montour has been or no, they've been in the Josh Morrissey's actually been in the league a lot more. Uh, you know, can't really count the first year, only played one game. They've been both in the league for seven years and very, very uh similar stats. You know, the first six years of their career, anywhere between 15 to 35 points, and then just absolutely skyrocketed this past season, both uh both going over 73 
both over 70 plus points this last year with their respective clubs. And then even the peripheral stats as well, 172 shots, 119 blocks and 89 hits for Josh Morrissey. And same goes for, uh, same goes for Brandon Montour, 242 shots. And then the blocks and hits were just below 95. So uh, again, very Mm -hmm. similar statistics between those Mm -hmm. two defensemen. And at the end of what I'm trying to get at here, Steele is, we still have a lot of analysis to break down. We have just broken into September. Training camps haven't even kicked off yet. Players are starting to show up in their respective cities. They're starting to hit the ice for casual workouts. And this is where you and I take our analysis and our dedication up a level. (laughs) Shout out to my wife. Shout out to your partner for holding us down because it's about to get real serious around here, Steele. And I think, honestly... I'm just so hyped for hockey. I want to bounce back from a poor showing in our listener league. You know, I'm coming for you. You finished very nicely last year in our first showing. I'm just honestly ready for this puck to drop already. And we're still over a full month away, but it's coming close. And you see me with this Bills gear on football season is here tonight, baby. Tonight. It's here. It's here. We're ready. And hey, I absolutely believe in you that you're going to step up this next season in both the casual and competitive league. I have so to. again, very, very excited for that. Thank you so much for making the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast your first listen every single day. Make sure you're tuning in Monday through Friday, 7 o'clock in the morning Eastern time is when you can find our episodes. And again, make sure you're subscribing, hit the follow button, and leave a five-star review. We appreciate all that love you show us. Have a great day. Good luck with all your bets out there. And we shall see you back here again tomorrow. Peace.